Welcome to Enough Room, a music learning project with Symphony Nova Scotia, supported by TD Bank Group. All right. Hello, everyone. My name is Daniel Bartholomew Poiser, and welcome to another episode of Enough Room from Symphony Nova Scotia. I'm here with the co-founder of Maritime Bangra, Hazmeet Singh Chandok. Hazmeet, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. And you? It's really great to have you back. I remember a few years ago, we did our first concert, our fusion concert, Symphony right. Nova Scotia and Maritime Bangra. <laughs> What was what was your what was your experience of that of that time together with the symphony? I would say amazingly shocked was the word <laughs> I would have to put it together if in in, in English, because nothing we had ever seen in terms of pangra and symphony coming together in the past. So it was a wonderful experience for us, and in terms of how it came out visually and. An experience for air. I wouldn't say it came out as a sound. It came as it came out as an experience when Symphony was playing Punjabi songs and Punjabi music. And thanks to your experience with the the Indian Indian music from past years, that in itself was sort of nothing less a dream, nothing less than a dream come true. Where in the history we could sort of come up and say we were part of this experience where we had the Symphony and Pangra coming together. And we even got mentioned. In an Indian newspaper, I remember uh, somebody sent us an article. I can't remember which city it was from, but we did even get some some notoriety in India, which was really great. Right, really great. right. I, I don't remember the name of the newspaper either. It was a channel. I don't know. But yeah, because the, the whole process in itself was so different. Everyone who saw it, either on the video or live, like loved it. So... The process. This is one of the places where orchestras often run into trouble because of the way that we do things when we're collaborating with people from the community who work in a different way than us. What was the process like? And good or bad, <laughs> you could say you could say it all. What was the process of putting that show together, Maritime Bangra and the Symphony? What was the process like for you, really? Let me just start off by saying it was very different from what we had been doing for so long. Because, mm. you know, from whatever you, you when, when you look at street art, which is sort of what we do as a community art is, is a very free form sort of thing, right? Everybody comes up with their ideas. There is no formal start and formal end, although it, it is structured in a certain way, but you are not looking at which note goes first and then which note goes second, right? Whereas in orchestra, uh, in symphony, you have this super synchronous way of doing things where everything has to be structured with, with instructions coming from the conductor and then with everyone playing in such a symphony, right? So for us to learn to come together with, with that that experience of symphony was something new which made us learn a lot about rhythm about how things could come together in a very structured manner that was one whole of an experience for us that's so interesting because it, symphony is very very structured like you said and i think one of the things that we learned from working with you in that concert is the joy that can come through the experience as you said because i remember all the young people who were dancing 
all around you and teaching the kids to dance. And for Symphony Nova Scotia concerts, <laughs> for the young people's concerts, just uh, so everybody listening knows, for the, the kids' concerts oftentimes just turn into big dance parties. And <laughs> that was part of that was started by that first show with Maritime Bangra where everybody just, they were all dancing. The kids were dancing, parents were dancing. I, I neither confirm nor deny whether <laughs> I was dancing. But uh, definitely it was a real experience. We may have some yeah. visual evidence music. of you dancing, Daniel, which we could talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Never. No. It's a deep fake. No, I definitely dance. Well, this is the this is the thing, right? Because so I grew up um I, I grew up with when I was in elementary school, my babysitter, her name was Mrs. Sarpal, and she was a Punjabi woman, Punjabi family, and she would do Punjabi dancing for me. And she did a really, okay, this is a podcast, so you're not going to be able to imagine <laughs> this, but what she would do is like move her neck from side to side over her shoulders, right? And then she would just kind of look look around. It was so beautiful as a kid. It always <laughs> made me laugh, and I loved it. Mrs. Sarpal would be like, do the dance, do the dance, right? And then Trinidad um, is, you know, Trinidad obviously has... Uh, has a huge, like, there's lots of Punjabi music right. in Trinidad, right? Which is where I come from, right? So that was not totally unfamiliar to me, although I had never danced Bhangra before. Uh -huh. But the song uh, Mama Bada Great by Malkit Singh. Can you talk, like, I'll just say for the listeners and then I'm, then I'm going to shut up on that. Hazmeet Singh, this is one of my favorite pieces of Bangra music, Mama Bada Great by Malkit Singh, uh, who is a wonderful, wonderful Bangra musician. Just talk to us a little bit about Bangra music and what is it that makes it so joyful and happy? So I, I think to, to understand the joy behind the, the Bangra music, we would have to go back to like the Punjabi music. That's what it is and for the for the Bangra dance. We, we would have to go back to the Punjabi community in itself. I mean, you're talking about a community which is heavily reliant on farming. And there is this one part of the year, which is when they are done harvesting and they are selling. They are so happy from the fact that their 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 fields are all green and, you know, they, are, they have had such good harvesting that year. And now they'll be able to bring in some money and they would be able to do the things they have been waiting for for the whole year, like any other farming community, right? So this this whole expression of Pangda comes from that harvesting festival, right? Mm -hmm. That celebration. So the initiation of this dance was certainly associated to something very positive, something very happy, something which is filled up with joy because now you'll be able to, you know, fulfill some wishes and you'll be, most importantly, you'll have some time to be with your family, right? So that association with joy and with love and with, with everything positive, I think that the way it initiated, it has traveled through it traveled through the dance of Pangra along with anyone who does it. And in terms of Malkit Singh or in terms of Trinidad, Malkit Singh is from UK, originally from Punjab, but, you know, established as a UK musician. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think with Punjabi people immigrating to all these different places and with their lively and happy and joyful nature, they have sort of established the genre of Pangra and, and Punjabi music in all different parts of the world. You have this North American genre of Pangra music. You have a, uh, have this one uh, 
very island style, you know, the Pacific uh, style of Pangra and you have this one in UK and the, now there is more emerging in terms of Australia and New Zealand and obviously there is one in India where it started. Mm-hmm. So the more you go with the flow in, term, in different parts of the world, you see more of that different versions of joy and happiness, but it's certainly the similar emotion. Do you think that Bhangra music can actually go together with a symphony well? Does, is, is it a hard inter- intersection or did, does it work for you? What, like in terms of the sound, what do you think? So if you look at the traditional Pangara, you are looking at more of a toll music. Mm-hmm. Toll, which uh, was played by Darcy in symphony. And I, li- I love you, Darcy. And, and it's, it's yeah, just... Toll is the drum. That's the drum. Yeah, the drum. Exactly. The English version would be called a drum. So it's like uh, a, a particularly bigger size than the usual English drum. It would be more closer to the African version of the drums, and uh, which which is played in, I, I believe, in the horizontal shape, uh, like and then and it has louder music as compared to other drums in terms of a Western theory of a band. Our drums played the more dominant role. They would be like the guitar of Punjabi music, right? The lead guitar sort of thing. Right. If you look at it from that perspective, the traditional Pangada music, you're looking at something which could be close, closely related to a symphony because, you know, you're mostly talking about beats coming from different musical instruments, right? Whereas if you are looking at the modern version, which is very heavily influenced by hip hop and very heavily influenced in some sense with the modified version of the classical European music, that's when that's where i would say the overlap becomes a, a little i wouldn't want to say harder but uh, overlap becomes a little tricky where a little more creativity would be required in terms of putting them both together right whereas in terms of the traditional one i think it would be easier but for us it as i said most of my team has usually danced on the words not just the beats, or it's usually words and beats. Right. So that itself was a different experience where everybody had to just rely on the beats and on a different type of beats. That's right, because I remember that at one of our rehearsals, right? Uh, I played the music that I that had written for it, and I remember somebody saying exactly that. Oh, there are no words. Oh, we have to... But, but you did it. This is the thing. I remember that moment. And then it was just like, okay, we're missing everything that we need to make this work. And we're just going to, we're just going to do it and make it work. And that's, <laughs> that was, that was tremendous. Cause in orchestra that often things like that cause huge problems. And you guys just, you guys just ran with it. So that's really interesting to hear that you think that those sounds can actually can go together and perhaps even better than when things are more electronically based. I, of course, would love to perform with you again, but what would be the ideal for you in terms of this, this notion of orchestral music and bangra music, and here we are on enough room, just like dreaming, what could a really interesting collaboration between the orchestral world and the world of bangra music, what could that look like that would, be, that would be relevant and meaningful to a Punjabi community anywhere in Canada? What could that look like? I, I mean, let's look back at the demographics if we are talking about Canada. I mean, you, when we talk about Punjabi, you're talking about the fifth most spoken language in this country, right? Mm-hmm. So there is no way we are going to be able to run away from find finding the the collection or the collaboration between two different music styles, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we recently collaborated, I think back in 2019, when we were working on Behind the Pangada Boys film, 
when we collaborated with the indigenous communities yes and how the sounds of the drum were able to you know uh, translate into something very personal to us like the punjabi music and i i find a very uh, very much similar notion or vibe with the african drums because you know mm-hmm. somewhere in the history i feel that that sort of mix happened too so in terms of orchestra and pangra coming together i sort of want would like to see a bit more of the african drums being transitioned in the orchestra and then mm. putting it together with the pangra like the both the drums coming in sync and then that whole experience of drums coming in sync with symphony i think that would create something of 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 a of a form where i think the and we can in, include indigenous drums as well i think having those three type of drums coming together with symphony i think would create an experience where we could have this the european the indigenous the the african and the sort of right. the east indian music coming together i don't know because i don't know symphony so maybe i'm just dreaming about it but or if it's too complex no we can dream we can dream this is great no this no nothing's too nothing's too complex and nothing's too expensive has me we'll make it work somehow <laughs> sorry i can hear my boss uh, rolling his eyes no so okay here's a question so we've talked about and this is i think this is very important we've talked about the um you know having the the punjabi drum and that manner coming together with the indigenous drums coming together with african and then we have the audience altogether. So the the thing is though that symphony audiences are used to listening and encountering and experiencing music in a very traditional right. way. So say something say orchestra and bhangra come together in a meaningful way. What is the best way to present that to an audience? Is it a big dance floor? Is it a dance floor and half chairs? Is it are we all standing around the dancers so we can see? Are we like what's the best way? What would that look like for the listener? Because we tend to listen in a European way, right? Um which is fantastic. I'm 100% down with listening to Schopenhauer and I love that there are concerts where we come in, we sit down, don't cough, don't sneeze, we listen to every great. But there's also room enough for there's enough, enough room, room. <laughs> enough room for for different ways of listening. Right. <laughs> yes. So what could that look like, Hasmeet? What could that look like? First things first, that was a perfect placement, Daniel. <laughs> that was a perfect placement. <laughs> terrible. Shameless, <laughs> shameless plug. So I'll just take you back a little out of the question. When people say immigrants, especially when we say, "Oh, I came to Canada and." for some reason i always tend to tell people you can't just especially for someone who looks as different as me like with a turban with a beard with a very visual different appearance than others right i always tend to tell them it's a 50 50 experience like you have to make effort to tell people about your culture and then then expect them to do their 50 to know your culture at least be actively listening to what you have to offer right mm. so i i believe something of a similar form could be in uh, could be indulged in in the idea you were asking about we could have something like of a hybrid form so for example we have this dance form in pangra called luddi or there are different dance forms to it which are performed very slowly like which sort of translates to the idea of the european form of music and as far as symphony is concerned right mm-hmm. the slowness and the calmness to it right yes or at least to what i could understand out of my experiences so i believe we could have this hybrid environment where we can perform something like that which is slow and sort of in some sense fits the idea of the traditional symphony 
which people can see while they are sitting on their chairs. And then you can have part of it where people do pangda and then the next 50 or 20 or depending on how the formation goes for that whole show, you can have people come and watch pangda and sort of join in like we had in uh, other symphony shows. So I feel like we can have that approach of 50-50 and where we can have enjoy their aspect of music and have them enjoy or in, introduce them to our aspect of music. Right. That's great. That's great, Hasmeet. I think I love this idea of 50-50. Um, you know, help us understand your way of being and we'll help you understand our way of being. I think that's a fantastic way to look at it. And what I love is the way that you... Um, there's a documentary on CBC Gem that everybody should take a look at. It's called Behind the Bangra Boys. And um, it's so touching and so moving. And there's one scene in particular that had me pretty much bawling at my laptop as I watched. Um, this is where there's a woman named Judy who has ALS. And you go to dance for her at her house. And this is just musicians meeting people where they are at. What was it like for you to meet Judy, who was struggling with ALS and later died of ALS? Um, I think... <laughs> what, what, what was that experience like, uh, looking back? I'll, I'll answer the question, but I just want to remind... Remember when we did the symphony show at Pier 21 and she was there to chair on us? When, was that yeah. her? And she was on... That was and, her, okay. And oh she my was goodness. on ventilator. Oh my goodness. She was on ventilator when she came to see that show. Oh my gosh, that was her. Okay, because I watched it and I thought there was, there was a woman at our show. And that was yeah, her. Yeah, and she took a picture so with I you and all of us. And I think after that, it was next few months. That was Judy. So, so th these are the wow. type of connections. Like when I was talking 50-50, this is what I'm talking about. That, that music being that universal language where... I mean, look at what we do. The People don't understand the lyrics. People certainly haven't felt this type of music before because I don't want to say listen to this type of music because music is something you feel, right, inside. So people haven't felt that music before. People haven't heard of this language before. And most, most of them, at least where we live in, on the Eastern Coast, still being able to create that connection that when someone is only able to move, I think, their neck and their hands. Yes. Right? That's when we went to yes. her house. And, you know, even when she was able to move her hands, she would chat with me. Like, she would send us messages. Yes. We would have regular communication. I mean, where, what limitations are you talking about when it comes to music? There are no limitations, right? Mm -hmm. So, we, we created that connection and we fell in love with Judy and Judy fell in love with whatever small work we do. And then eventually her sister wrote to us and said, it's her birthday and it'll make her day. And we said, you don't need to say anything else. And and we would just go there. And, and you know, people always seem to associate with the fact that, oh, you guys don't take money for this or there is no bank account or whatever. But I don't think those things play that important of role. It's more of the emotions. And we went to her house. We performed at whatever amount of space we could get. And it was more of a reminder for people that, you know, Judy is not one ALS patient or Judy is not uh, one out of those 167 people going through ALS in Nova Scotia and New Brunswick. Judy was a school, school teacher. She transformed lives of the for of people who are living all around the world and contributing to this economy or, or the people you are admiring you just never know right after that video went viral judy's uh, students came together and raised thousands of dollars for als i mean 
think of what one small connection can do and i mm-hmm. think of the symphony's show as a say in the same way what we and symphony came together to do you, you won't imagine think about this one brown or black kid sitting in a school where there is no one else looking like him mm-hmm. and when they watch at watch that video or watch that symphony show he or she can relate to all yes. the other people or he she or they can relate to anyone yes. else in the in the class thinking oh there is something common between us in terms of music or culture i feel these oh, things can change oh lives absolutely absolutely they can change lives cuz i never saw a black conductor uh I can't even, like, the, who's the first black live conductor? I mean, I mean, it was years. I was conducting professionally, and then I finally saw another black conductor, right? So for a Punjabi child to look and see you up there doing your thing so amazingly, dancing, providing joy to the world, that's so powerful and, representation. And, and you're right. Sorry, keep, Daniel, if I'm ahead. cutting you off, but watching you doing the conducting, I can't tell no. you how much that meant to us. when we saw you conducting i mean i'm not hmm. saying we would had we would have any problems or we would feel bad if anyone else was doing it but it was very important to see who is someone like you at at some leadership place in in yeah. in this whole hierarchy yeah. and you tend to feel i can do that too i mean i can't tell you how much that motivated us i mean in june we completed 5 years we we are doing uh, videos together with you know uh, scottish dancers with irish dancers and not just dancing i mean they are in their traditional attire we are in our traditional attire they are doing pangda in their tra- scottish traditional attire and we are doing scottish dance in our traditional attire i mean these videos are yet to come out but amazing they they wouldn't be possible if we wouldn't have seen people like you in those leadership roles so thank you oh i'm this is the thing i mean for me as a conductor like how often do we do stuff with music that represents my heritage right right what if mrs sarpal was able to come to a concert like that i mean it's so meaningful it's it's hard to put it into words what it's like when you see somebody like you doing something um where they're not where they're not there up before it's really meaningful and just to 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 realize now that that was judy in the um in the documentary cuz i remember her at the concert cuz afterwards you all came around and we were all dancing and I held her hand and all of this right right we were dancing and we talked with her as well too so that was her Wow. And that was her last this quite likely like one of her last concerts um that she was able to attend. The joy on her face. And I love I love what you said. So I'm speaking listeners in incomplete sentences and that's okay. <laughs> what can you do? But the think of the joy on her face um not as an ALS patient but as a woman who was a teacher and who had done all these things. You were able to see her and actually get to know her. So the way that you view your audience is actually very very inspiring you know daniel there was another couple and i'll tell you this is how much you giving us an opportunity and that whole experience impacted people there was this another couple who was who stood up on the gate and i think our ticket the show was sold very quickly when when it went live and so i believe uh, they were having they were going through some source of source of disability and then they were like we weren't able to get a bus so we walked for 3 hours like because the distance was not that long but they had to walk for too long and you know they could only catch get that one type of bus which takes on people who are going through right, certain experiences and one of the i think the wife had certain issues with her legs and the husband had certain issue with his back 
and then they walked for i think i don't know if 3 hours is too long of a stretch but maybe 1 hour 2 hours some something in hours and that made me cry and i remember symphony left three seats for us in the first row and i told the team i said everybody sits on the floor give them the three seats because these are the people who make us and i would say any other artist who they are for them to come and being able to attend a show and they were like it takes us months for even to 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 even think that we want to go out and see something wow that's so <laughs> when you hear what people are investing to see you perform and to see you try and create art it's really really moving and then you know that you really touch people and that is something that you do very very well when i watched the documentary behind the bonger boys my burning question was what is making him tick like what is the driving force why is this so important to him why is it so important to you that people should look at positive things that there should be this positivity in the world that people should should feel this love why why is it important to you it's a hard no, question I, but I, I i have contemplated on this for years and years daniel and i'm being very honest in <laughs> today is my birthday so i and 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 <laughs> <gasps> Happy birthday to Thank you. you. Thank That's you. all you get. <laughs> and, and every year, what I most most of the time since I lost my father in 2012, I stopped celebrating my birthdays, and I would turn off my phone and I would hide my birthday notification from all the social media, and I would I would sit alone. That's what I would do usually on my birthdays. I think it's my second birthday. It's my mm-hmm. first birthday ever when I'm interacting and doing something because you know I love symphony and as soon as Eric's email came and I said I would love to do this. But th- these this is one of the questions mm-hmm. I would contemplate on every time it's my birthday I would just sit on my own don't talk to anyone my phone is off social media internet everything is off. And and the reason I feel people should look at at the positive side of the world and positive side of the people is because there is a very horrific negative side to all of us mm. and and i would explain i would like try to explain this a little bit because we are all capable of doing wrong when and when you do something wrong i think or something bad to to at least the definition of bad you think is is bad there is an internal voice which tries to guide you that this is wrong and if you if you keep defying it for a certain number of times it's very easy to keep pushing yourself towards wrong and that wrong could lead to anxiety mm-hmm. depression and and you know even mm-hmm. someone becoming a murderer <laughs> whereas i feel mm-hmm. it takes a lot of effort to push yourself on the positive side right you have to have that continuous dose of positivity and and i think there are so many people like you or or the musicians or the artists in many different sense trying to do that and and that's what i learned from all these different artists i mean look at us most of the people in our uh, group are technologists we are right. hardcore technology people which wouldn't rely <laughs> too much on art saying you know what's art mm. i mean we are creating everything through technology now look at even music we are putting in artificial intelligence and and what not mm, right uh, Yeah. but once you get out of that technology aspect of it and you start to understand the psychology and the personality of a human being and how where positivity can take people 
in terms of the experience of Judy, in terms of the, of the experience of that couple which came to see the show. And I, it reminds me of this another story of, of, a, of a man who attended our show in Summerside PEI. And we were doing meet and greet at the end of the show. And this man comes up to me and says, I'm coming from my brother's funeral. Wow. To attend this show. And, and I asked him, I was like, what about this whole experience is, is, is something which is pulling you in? Mm -hmm. For him, it was like, I don't understand most of the things you do other than the speech, which is in English. But something which comes to me as, as light is, is the joy. Is something which is taking me away from, from the sadness I am dealing with, even for a few seconds. It's, the, it's, it, it's another story which recently got sent to us through Facebook messages on the, group, on the page of the group, where a mother who has a daughter who has some sort of neurological disorder said, the 30 second or one minute video you put out every day is the only time of the day when me and my daughter can sit on the same sofa and watch something which we both like and talk about it oh my gosh. for so long, sometimes for hours, and which is oh not gosh. even related to what we do, not even our dance. It could be something mm -hmm. about the place we are at. It could be something about the color of the turban. It could be something about the hand movements. I mean, it's not directly related mm -hmm. to us and there is no credit to us there. It's just about how positive things can affect people in their mind or in their psychology. Right. And that those stories sort of motivate me to do whatever this, whatever small part we can play in this whole experience on this planet. Right. Because you never know when the seeds that you're planting are going to take and bear fruit of goodness right. in somebody's life. Or exactly. That's beautiful. Just That's beautiful. just one, one more story, Daniel. I'm yes, all about please. Stories. That's why we're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is this... Sikh guy who recently immigrated from Toronto, I believe, uh, somewhere in Ontario, and he's into video production and he does wonderful job. He meets us at a Tim Hortons a few months ago and he goes, when I came to Nova Scotia and I looked at all these producers and I logged, looked at all the Instagram pages, I could see only one type of people, you know, who were up front and who... And I, th I, I put my cam... I packed my camera, I packed all my apparatus and I put it in, in, in my cupboard and I said... Maybe this needs another year or two after I'm done with my immigration and stuff. That's when I'll take it out. Maybe it's it's not the right place for me to do my cinematography or whatever I could do with videos. He said, then I saw behind the Bangra boys and I saw some of the videos of you guys in the news. And that's when I took my camera out and all my stuff out. And I said, no, if these guys can do it, then maybe there is a place for me to explore in this world, in this part Amazing. of Canada. Amazing. Amazing. So you He's now working with us. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's great. So it turns out, wait for it, there was enough room for him as well. <laughs> um, Daniel, I think all the sponsors are going to jump on you with I'll you stop, doing I'll this stop, I'll stop, I'll stop, I'll stop, I'll stop, I'll stop. No, but it's true. It's true. And sometimes, you know, there's a, a composer by the name of Florence Beatrice Price, whose music was recently rediscovered in a house south of Chicago. And so we learned, and she's a, she's a black woman, the first African-American woman to have her music played by a major symphony orchestra, played by Chicago Symphony. She's fantastic, wonderful, great. So that's all well and good. This sounds dismissive, but it's not, just hang on. It's all well and good until I saw a picture of her. And I saw this picture and I was like, 
oh my gosh, it's, it's my mom. It's my aunts. I can totally relate to this woman. What would it have been like for me to see a face, a person that I totally could have related to? Uh, oh, if you like Florence Beecher's Price, listen to her string quartets, amazing. Uh, First Symphony, beautiful, wonderful. Amazing woman. I can actually relate to her um, on a cultural level in the same art. It's, it, was so, it actually brought me to tears, you know, when I really thought about it. Like, what if somebody had said, hey, Daniel, here's somebody that you can look at and emulate and know that there are other people like you in this field. Right. Right. You know, I think I did a good job. You know, I'm here. I'm conducting Symphony Nova Scotia. Awesome. Right. Great job. I, I did it. I did it. I did it. But, you know, it would have been nice. It would have been nice. So it's so powerful. And I think this is the thing when you're a, a public person, as we both are, you don't always get to see the effect of what you're doing. But I think it's so wonderful that your goal is to provide people with those moments of goodness and levity and and relief just we need just relief from life and trusting that the relief that you're providing allows them in their own way to create goodness and and find a moment of happiness it's beautiful it's just great and you mentioned trust and this is something which grips me every time i get one of those messages because i mean you have people sharing their most personal stories with us either in the comments or through Facebook message, which they don't even know who's going to read in the team, right? You have people talking about their son's death in an accident. These type of very personal stories or one of their kids going through a neurological disorder and then the Judy's story and, and there are so many. And... And I still don't understand, but I, 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 I feel it every day how art is creating trust, mm-hmm. even on digital platforms. And this is this is something which I try to tell broadcasters and, and the people I, I see in, in, in the fancy world of a suit and a tie where only numbers translate is that th- th- there are ways of of expressing yourself in terms of art, which could create trust in in a way or form, which maybe is far from understanding, but it's very easy to realize in a sense how people would trust you. Right. And trust, I think we've experienced that at some of these, at the, well, the concert that we had, where I think it takes trust for people who are not used to dancing to stand up and start doing Bhangra moves. They have to trust the people at the front. And it's your guys' smiles and your faces and your energy and your artistry, frankly, because you guys, you look so good and you know what you're doing, right? Um, that wins the respect uh, and, and the trust, of, that won the respect and trust of the orchestra, but also of the audiences all over the world. And that's what allows you to have this, um, this incredible platform. I think there's something that you said actually in, your, in the documentary. I don't think we're the best Bangra dancers. There are other teams that are better. We have no shame in saying that. But when Canada 150 called, they called you not because they thought you were the best in Canada, but because of what you're doing with your dance. Right. Can you talk about that more? Because that's a pretty <laughs> revolutionary thing. Just, you can't, you yeah. know, there are places in, in music where you can't say anything like that, even if it's true, you can't admit that. Yeah, Daniel. And I would say that again, <laughs> even now. I mean, if you're counting top 100 or, or if there are 100 teams in Canada, we are number 100. And th- I have no shame in acknowledging that. And, you know, most of the times we are 
looking at other good artists, sometimes just individuals or, or people who may not even have one hundredth of the following we have and we learn from them, right? Right. And we try to perform something similar and we show to people. Right. And I, I think there is some sort of goodness or some people like to call it magic or vision, which I, I think are very yes. strong words. But I think there is some sort of goodness in acknowledging that you need not to have that big of a platform. It's it's not, it, to some sense, yes, in terms of artistry, how good you play or how good you dance matters a lot. But I think after a certain level, when you have learned to do the move, after that, what matters is your intention behind what you are doing. Your intention behind that form of art. Because if, I mean, look at Picasso or look at any wonderful musicians or anyone, I think they didn't try to emulate anyone else. They learned from everybody they wanted to learn and then they created something of their own, right? And that's what yes. we try to do. And we are not the best at it. We are not even very good at it. But something we have <laughs> had some experience doing and have learned to some extent is, you know, taking it, taking goodness from everybody in terms of dance or otherwise, and then trying to put together as a package in our personalities or in, in our in our dancing. And that in some sense, people love. That's, that's the nugget there, right? It's like knowing what you're actually good at. And you've hit such a gold mine with that thing of taking the goodness and packaging it with your, I don't say packaging because that sounds too material, but taking that goodness and giving it back out in a way uh, through your dance and through your personalities and just the love, but also just the work, the plain old work. Because I was at those rehearsals that you did, you know, after everybody worked the whole day and studied and then they come to the rehearsal for the symphony. Just plain old work, right? Um, that's tremendous. And it's so great that you are, that you're doing what you're doing and that the thing that you're doing is just changing the way that orchestras are operating, uh, the people that orchestras are putting in front and the, the audiences of orchestra. I want to see, I'm just putting it out there into the universe that I want to see a full on Bhangra concert with Maritime Bhangra and a full Punjabi audience and just everybody dancing and having a great time and like Malkit Singh will make an appearance. I would love that. I would love that. And we all go out for food and drinks after, you know, great. That's, that's what I'm here for. I'm all about that. So I was just going to reiterate what you said. Team works very hard. I mean, I mean, think of it like mm. this. Since COVID started, I had them sit down and I was like, listen, guys, we got to do something for something very basic. I mean, you know, we feel hungry every morning when we wake up. So we got to drop everything and start working for food banks and look at the team. I mean, since January, I believe, or February, I mean, putting one video every day to raise money for food banks like every day and then you know it has to be shot for instagram it has to be shot for youtube in different formats and pictures and we don't have any professional help it's the same people who are dancing are the ones who are editing and uh, one of them would hold the gimbal and one of them the same person would shoot it's a game being played between two or three people and then still they are being able to do this i think had I can't even say hats off because we are with turbans. So it's, it's, I think it's a lot of hard work. <laughs> that's great. Sorry. I had a good point, but then you made me laugh and I forgot it. No, that's, and this is what people don't see, like all the, all the, the work and the vision behind it. And with all that, you're literally feeding families, literally feeding families 
through Bhangra dance. And that's just beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. It's people feeding people, right? We are playing a very, very small role. And I said this on the symphony as well when you asked me the question. Mm-hmm. It's Canadians or it's humans helping humans. We are just a very, very, very small aspect of it, creating a platform where we say, this cause needs help. Please go help. Right. Right. Drawing attention. Using your platform as that spotlight um, through your artistry and love. It's really... It's, it's great because a lot of times as artists, we use our artistry to bring attention to ourselves and nothing beyond ourselves. And it's, it's tricky. It's tricky. So what you're doing for all of us um, is very, very inspiring. It's very, very inspiring. <laughs> Thank you. I'm doing a session with a, a major youth orchestra tomorrow, and I'm going to be asking them exactly about this. What are you doing with the thing that you're doing? And I'm going to use you as an example, Hazmeet, <laughs> because what you're doing is so, is so powerful. And because it's so excellent, it's also very effective. So I'd like to give you the last words. What are you, what are you looking forward to? And where can we see you and what's, what's next? <laughs> we are working on some, some good projects. I'm, I'm trying to bring in... Uh, the sense of why Pangada or any other dance form for that sake is not just something in itself. It is a whole experience which could be felt by people from other cultures, by people f- f- performing other dance forms. Like I was saying, we are trying to combine different cultures here. Like I said, Pangada and Scottish, Pangada and Irish. These have already been shot, so they'll be out and uh, then we are taking music from all different parts of the world. We are taking music from Pakistan. We are taking French music. We are taking uh, Spanish. We are going in all in like Europe, South- Southeast Asia, or like different parts of the world, just so that we can show people the universality of this, the, the art and how this one art form is not limited to one group of people. And and we are putting some special focus on bringing together, uh, uh, bringing out the the similarities between the indigenous and Punjabi culture in terms of music, in terms of language, mm. in terms of how we, res- we both our cultures have this huge respect for water and how land is mother, and in, in in both Amazing. our cultures and and I think which which also translates to some of the African cultures which are very similar in terms mm-hmm. of land and water, especially the indigenous communities. So that's that's one aspect. And one, one other thing we are pushing with regional media, other than English and French, especially with Punjabi and with, with, with the Filipino community and with others on how they should become a platform to bring out indigenous or the people of color or the LGBTQ community plus LGBTQ plus community, how, how the regional media has also to become a platform and not just sharing the links of what mainstream media does or just following their footsteps. We have to become individual uh, media houses, even if smaller, to share those singular stories of people who had different experience from mainstream people, to just normalize them in all sorts of communities and not rely for one Hollywood or Bollywood artist to say something and then create a story around it. It has to be created around the people who are that story not the ones who reiterated mm. it. Right. Amazing. Amazing. So not only art and collaborations, but you have a vision for 
what media can be and the stories that it can tell and whose stories it can and should tell. Yay! <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was just going to say vision is a very big word and we, we we are not that smart to create vision for anyone. But we'll keep doing, as I said, the smallest part possible for us in, in, in any stream mm-hmm. possible. We would see need requires that effort. We look forward to it. On behalf of all the listeners, Hazmeet, I'd love to thank you for giving us time on your birthday today. Everybody <laughs> sing happy birthday to Hazmeet wherever you are right now. Um, <laughs> they will, don't worry. And uh, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much, listeners. Thank you to our supporters, our wonderful Symphony Nova Scotia supporters. We love you so much. Thank you for supporting us through the years and now. And uh, this is another episode of Enough Room. <laughs>